Prayer is the most powerful thing we can do in our days, but all too often it gets drowned out by the noise around us. But what if the noise in our earbuds could help us tune out the noise of the world and instead tune in to our most important conversation? That's why we're here, to bring you inspiring conversations, practical how-tos, and guided prayers to help you pray like you never thought possible. I'm Valerie Warner, and this is Prayer in a Noisy World. In today's episode, I'm talking with Jennifer Dukesley. Jennifer is the author of several books, including Growing Slow and It's All Under Control. She also wrote the foreword of my book, Grumpy Mom Takes a Holiday. She and her husband, Scott, live on the fifth generation Lee family farm, where they are raising crops, pigs, and two beautiful humans. Now, here's my conversation with Jennifer. Welcome, Jennifer. Thank you so much for joining today. I've been looking forward to this. Thank you, Val. Yeah. Uh, Listeners, Jennifer is constantly writing books on the things I need to hear. And with her two recent ones, it's been about control and slowing down. And even as I read her words, I feel such a kindred spirit to her language and the way that she writes. So if you enjoy the way I've written things, I definitely think you should check out Jennifer's books. Um, But Jen, I don't think there is a listener out there who doesn't need to be reminded to slow down. So I'm excited to get to have this conversation as it relates to prayer. But before we dive in to those specifics, tell us about what your prayer routine looks like right now. It's so interesting. I knew you were going to ask about prayer routine because um, you gave me a heads up about that. And you're so good <laughs> about prayer routines. Yeah. So I am the, I have not a routine. I mean, it just feels like such a part of like all the aspects of my life. Yes. Um, yeah. So, you know, I know you'd ask like, do, is it, do you write in a journal? Do you pray out loud? Yes, and yes, and yes, and yes. So my, I, ever since I wrote um, It's All Under Control a few years ago, um, I began to pray um, immediately upon waking. Like, I want the Lord to be the first thing on my lips, the first thing on Mm -hmm. my mind when I wake up. And so I have to be really intentional about that because the world pulls at us really quickly. And um, I've really wanted to kind of lay all of my plans at the Lord's feet from the beginning of the day. And from then on, um, I feel a kinship with God. So it's not it's not like a specific, it doesn't look the same every day. Sometimes mm-hmm. it is writing in one of your journals, which I've had those over the years. Uh, sometimes it's writing in the Give Me Jesus journal from the Well-Watered mm-hmm. Woman. Sometimes it's writing in just random sets of journals where I keep long lists of prayer requests that I don't want to forget. Sometimes it's turning over the back of the church bulletin. We go to a little country church, and it's praying over the needs of people in my immediate church community. Sometimes it looks like this is how it is lately. I have been taking daily walks. They started at a mile, and now they've reached three, four, and five miles a day because I'm loving my walks and I want to take advantage of every last moment of fall before it gets cold. And here in Iowa, it gets so cold. And so those walks have been so powerful for me. Um, Sometimes I'm listening to worship music and praying while walking. Um, Other times there is no, no sound other than nature and praying and talking with God. 
I think that I used to um, view prayer as this list of demands <laughs> um, mm-hmm. and requests and desires, which aren't bad, you know, to, to mm-hmm. come to God with our desires. But prayer for me has really opened up a level of friendship, a level of I'm he- like real simple things like, God, I see, I, I feel you here. Like, God, you made the world so beautiful. Thank you for letting me see it today. God, I love the way that you're creating that sunset right now. If you made that sunset so beautiful and, and you care about the world as much as you do, can you please care for my child right now who's struggling with, you know, fill in the blank. And it's just a conversation that feels the least routine of everything that I do because I'm a total type A mm-hmm. <laughs> kind of a person. And it's been, it's been really, it's been really wonderful. <laughs> Let me just put it that way. That's, yeah. that's what's working no. for me now. Yeah. Well, and I, I was going to say, I feel like I've, I've shared this with our audience before, but I don't use my prayer journal probably as much as people think because my natural conversation with the Lord has grown so much over the years. Um, and it is that kind of just, it is a conversation. It comes up, like you said, in all these different little ways. So I actually think that's encouraging for people to hear. I think um, just to know that, um, that, yeah, that like that, that comes, it, it is becoming so natural to you to do that, that, um, people who feel like maybe stuck, like that's never going to be me. It can be just keep praying, keep, keep connecting with the Lord. And it will be a natural response that you have in prayer. Oh, I was just going to say that, um, I do like the idea of keeping some kind of record Mm -hmm. of prayer because it's interesting for me to go back into prayer journals that I kept 10, 15, 20 years ago and see how God has moved in those people's lives or in my own life and to see where God has answered prayers immeasurably more than all I could have asked or imagined, mm-hmm. but also yeah. where He has um, not answered prayers in the way that I asked and which frankly made me a little bit upset. But only in reverse can I see the goodness of God in not giving me what I asked for. So in that way, I really do um, try to write some of these things down because to have a running record of God's goodness in our lives is very, very powerful indeed. I just have to be careful that I don't make journaling or writing it down, um, this practice that becomes a form of legalism, because my my bend is to become like that. So yeah. I, I think, you know, finding the right mix and knowing that God is just so big and wonderful and can be approached in so many different and creative ways. Like even when I'm walking, it doesn't just start out like, um, Heavenly Father, I come to you now. It's like all of a sudden, you know, I'll be walking along. Oh, God, this is so cool. That, mm-hmm. how, how you did that. That was so creative of you to make a flower like that. Like, that's just, just a conversation, right? It's just yeah. something that sort of pops in. And that might, you know, turn into a need that I have or a desire that I have, but just sort of an acknowledgement of his goodness in my everyday life has been pretty transformative, I think. Yeah. 
No, I love that. Um, okay. So I want to dive into this slow and we can go a couple different directions. I know, um, with this conversation, so take it where you want to go, but, um, prayer is definitely one of those things that we cannot speed up no matter how hard we try. Like we can't, um, you know, microwave a relationship with the Lord. We can't microwave these being able to focus or like experience him in like a deep intimacy. It takes time and it can be frustratingly slow. I would even say, um, so can you tell us the benefit of slow? Like what, you know, we see that as like a cuss word and just help our hearts understand why slow is good and how that relates to prayer. Right. That's such a great question. As you were asking it, I began to um, think about how God brought us to earth. He brought us here as babies to be grown slowly over time. He didn't bring us here as fully matured adults with all of our intellect intact, with all of our skills intact. We didn't know how to walk or feed ourselves or do any of those things. We also did not have our spiritual lives intact. Um, this has grown over time, this relationship that we have with the Lord. And He could have chosen a different way, uh, mm-hmm. but for whatever way, for, for whatever reason, He's not in a hurry when it, it comes to us, when it comes to our spiritual growth. And I even think about those verses, 2 Peter 3, I hope I've got that right, where it says that He is not slow, as some understand slowness, um, but He is patient with us. And the reason that he is patient with us is because he's bringing us to a saving faith. Oh, and yeah, yeah you know, good, and, yeah. and so um, I hope I got that that uh, address right. But I think everybody can go like Google those words and <laughs> come up with the verse Google, if you want to yeah. go find it. Right. <laughs> um, so uh, it's interesting to me that he seems to have more patience with us than we have with ourselves. And Mm -hmm. I love to look back and think how my relationship with Him has grown. And so prayer really is just the the vehicle of the relationship. Um, When I was younger, I probably viewed prayer as the thing that I do with the Lord to let Him know what I want. Um, But as I've grown into um, more spiritually um, mature than I was 10, 15, 20 years ago, maybe even more than I was two years ago— Prayer becomes this conversation with God that is um, growing us closer little by little and day by day. There have been moments in my relationship with God that have um, moved quickly. Uh, I think, you know, to those those first few months after I became um, a committed, dedicated follower of Jesus, that part of the relationship grew quickly. In the same way that when I began to date my husband, um, my now husband, I fell in love really quickly. But we don't get married the same day we fall in love. We had a you know, three-year dating period before we actually had the wedding. And then our relationship has grown over time in the 25 years since then. Well, the same is true with God. We can have that passionate boom God is so good, and He just like flipped my life upside down, um, and that's kind of the easy part. Um, the the harder work, the longer work, but the work that really puts down deep roots is that long haul relationship with Him. And so that's where prayer comes in. It creates deep rooted, sustainable growth 
and a sustainable relationship that will carry us through the rest of our lives. Yeah, that's so good. I mean, and it makes me think of um, the story of the sower and like the <clears throat> the different. I, and I, I'm but gonna butcher this, but um, the the different things that can snatch like. Th- the thorns that, oh my gosh, I'm totally butchering this, but you know what I'm talking about? This story of the sower and just the roots and how important that is. Um, but also then I was thinking of Psalm one, just talking about being planted by water and the reality that like, if we do not have those deep roots, if we do not have that slow growth, if it is, you know, I know whenever we were in high school, we'd equate it to like, you know, somebody goes to church camp and they go on this really big high and they are so excited about God. And then they come back and then it like falls flat because it was, it was quick and fast and built on, you know, not that slow patience and, um, seeking after the Lord. Um, it was probably more emotion driven or just really excited for something new, Mm -hmm. um, but those things fall away. And I heard a stat that um, church members, church membership is just down right now, and which is always discouraging to hear. But one thing that I heard was that in the in former times, the it was easier to be a Christian. It was easier to identify as a Christian. Now it's difficult. It is, you know it's not looked at the same as it was even 30 years ago whenever it was like, yeah, sure. Like I'll call myself a Christian because it was, it was just an easy way to identify yourself. Um, but they're saying that it's not necessarily that the church is, you know, like fall, people are falling away from their faith, but that it's the ones who didn't have that deep rooted faith to begin with are the ones who are leaving. Um, which is still not fun to hear, but I think it, it, does just play to this importance of being rooted and um, taking our time with it and not expecting it to happen overnight. Um, How has this lesson of slow growing affected your prayer life? Like, um, have you had any prayers where you just feel like I have been praying for this for so long? Or did you ever have a season where it was like, I'm, I feel like I'm not, I'm praying to the ceiling basically. To where you wonder if you should keep going, but some somehow you powered through. Right. Yes, that is um, a huge, huge aspect of prayer because we know that we don't come to the Lord and always see immediate results. Sometimes we do, and that's really fun. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, that's great, and we, we thank God for those kinds of things. But um, yes, there, there are some things that we kind of accept that we have to grow slow in. Um, but prayer is one where it, that just feels like um, wrong <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> to have to wait a long time for something that seems to be um, in the middle of God's will, that it seems to be something that He would want to answer. And, yeah. and it can be difficult. So um, without offering too many details, um, we had... Uh, especially in younger years, one of our daughters faced um, some really difficult issues uh, with some of the kids in, in her school. 
And um, it seemed to be the will of God that she would not have to face that sort of thing because it almost, you know, it just felt like such an attack. It was, some of it was downright evil. And um, to watch my daughter also really, um, you know, on her knees before the Lord, looking at the ways that she was approaching scripture and holding it dearly and being persistent in prayer at such a young age mm. and not to have that those prayers answered in the way that we would want them answered was a challenge for us to say the least mm-hmm. it was a a challenge to our faith it was a challenge to our beliefs it was a challenge for us to continue to be persistent in prayer like you already know what we want god but why aren't you why are you moving yeah. um and that's that's real and that's hard and in some ways we're in still in the midst of it but because um, we have seen the passage of years and how God has grown our family and grown our daughter through these particular circumstances. We are at a point where, praise God, we are seeing fruit from it. Mm. And one of the ways we see fruit from it is the extremely deep-rooted faith of our daughter. Um, She's stuck with it. We stuck with her uh, Bible studies together, prayer times together, retreats together. I'm so excited that I am actually taking this daughter with me to a conference in Indiana. I'm doing a a weekend-long retreat on Growing Slow, and she is going to be speaking. So here we have a teenage girl who's struggled with a lot of different things. And I said, I told my daughter, look, you're going to be speaking to moms who have daughters and sons in, in your situation. And she sees how, um, like as in the words of Joseph from Genesis, that he, that he is making her fruitful in the land of her affliction mm. and in the land of her suffering, that God's goodness is not dependent on circumstances, but dependent on his character. And she gets to stand and profess that and be able to take that messy thing, that hurtful thing, and use it for his glory. And I know it doesn't work that way for everybody. Not every uh, hurting teenager has a mother who has a speaking circuit so that yeah. you know they can stand up and, and share. But I do know that everybody has people in their lives who um, are, are going through a battle similar to what mm-hmm. you're going through. And I think that when we testify to his goodness, um, that sometimes that's where, that's where we see the blessing, but it can take a long time to see it. And I'm still frustrated at times with the slow growth in, in some areas, yeah. but, um, it's teaching me still a woman in my forties. It's mm-hmm. teaching me still how to be patient and trust in the goodness of God based on his character. Man, I've, um, and I'm tearing up thinking about her um, and just how cool that is that to know that her faith is deepened through all this. Because I was writing an article the other day about praying for our kids and how, you know, we tend to want to pray for them to just get out of whatever hard thing they're in. But 
you know, for us, we seem to realize, you know, James one, two through four about, um, we know that trials are good for us and they grow us. But for some reason with our kids, we forget that. But I just feel like that's such a testimony to seeing God grow your kid through hard things. And it doesn't mean it's easy and it doesn't mean that we still don't want it, all that pain to go away. But man, I'm just grateful that you guys are getting to see that fruit. Um, what a blessing that is. And I do want, I don't know if uh, we didn't talk about talking about this, but one thing that I thought was really cool that you did was your Bibles that you mm-hmm. have created for your girls. Could you tell everybody about that? Right. Oh, and I should have mentioned that as a way that I pray because that's yeah. specifically how I pray for my girls. So yeah, here's I love what it. we do. Yes. I, um, several years ago, I bought two ESV single column journaling Bibles, uh, for both of my daughters. And, um, I, with the intention that I would write in these Bibles specifically for that child. Mm -hmm. Well, I started and it it didn't go very well. This was (laughs) several years ago. And then last year, um, the beginning of 2020, even before COVID hit, our older daughter, Lydia, said, Mom, let's read through the Bible together in a year. And so she found the plan. Yeah, it was really cool. She found the plan and she printed it out and handed me my copy. And I remembered that ESV single column journaling Bible. And so I went and got it. And we read often together at the kitchen table, especially during COVID, because we were both home. And so we did our Bible reading together. I'm writing in the margins of a Bible. And little does she know that her mother is writing in this Bible for her. And oh, so that she didn't know. Oh, she didn't know until I gave it to her as a gift. Um, but it was a whole, yeah, it was a whole year I spent in the Word. And um, every, I, I approached the scriptures, uh, obviously just, you know, as a believer, but also as a mother. And so I would say things like, you know, Lydia, this, this story meant a lot to me when I was your age because... Or see this verse right here. This was um, a very special verse to your grandmother or to this particular lady at church or those kinds of things. Or Lydia really struggles with, you know, just Leviticus and and also the treatment of women. And so, you know, there are lots of places I'll be like, look at how God honors women. Look how he, you know, look how he, think, what he thinks about women. So it's just, and it was just fun to come at the Bible from the perspective of, what would I want Lydia to know if, you know, when I'm not here, what can she, what can she see if she took this Bible and learned from her mother in the, in the margins? Mm -hmm. And sometimes it was just, you know, if you're having a hard time, this, isn't it neat to know that God is always there for you? Look what it says in these scriptures or in this story. So it's the whole thing. Like I tried to, to put something on every page and sometimes there's multiple things on pages. So I gave her that a book, or excuse me, that Bible at the end of the year. And now I've started Anna's Bible mm-hmm. as well. And so going through the same Bible plan, the same scriptures, except I'm doing Anna's in two years instead of one, <laughs> because it was hard to not only like read the Bible in a year, but also to think pretty deeply about what I wanted to say yeah, in the margins. That's what, so that's I gave what myself I was a bit more time. <laughs> Hi, guys. If you are enjoying this episode, I've got a hunch you realize how important prayer is for our lives. What if we got to give an intentional gift this holiday season to our loved ones that helped them grow in their prayer life and impact them the whole year through? 
We've been blown away to see how many people gift our Valmarie Paper Prayer Journals, but more than that, we're blown away by the new customers we get later who say they received one of the prayer journals as a gift for Christmas, and it was their favorite gift of the season. For as low as $15, we take that as a high compliment. Grab your list of people you're shopping for this season and head to our shop at ValmariePaper.com to see if you can find the perfect gift. We've got journals for your besties, mother-in-law, kids' teachers, friends who are expecting, nieces and nephews, husband, and more. And don't forget to use our code NOISYWORLD for 20% off when you order three or more products. Head to our shop at ValmariePaper.com. I love that. And I, I know I was so ex- like motivated to hear that story to the point where I was like, I need to like put a reminder somewhere so that I will do this. Cause I like the idea of waiting until they're like a little bit older in high school or something that you can send them off with, like, you know, in the graduate or something. Um, because I just think the life lessons might be a little different than like what I would share with them right now when they, you know, my youngest can't even read the Bible right now. Right. But I just, I, I'm so encouraged by that concept. And even to think like, you know, not just your kids reading it, but like their kids and their kids. And I know Gretchen from Well-Watered Women, you mentioned her earlier, but um, I know she has a Bible from her grandpa. And I just think that that's the coolest thing to get to see the notes, the things that they wrote in there, the things that they like learned that the Lord was teaching them and to see mm-hmm. how it you know, can impact your life. But I'm glad glad we brought that up because that, uh, that has been something that I always thought was really cool um, and wanted to share with my audience. So um, is there anything else on slow growing that you would want to talk about? I know we could, we could go talk about um, the seasons, the, um, the idea of, you know, a time for everything. Mm-hmm. Feel free to go anywhere. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I'm glad you brought that up. You know, Ecclesiastes 3, uh, 1 through 11 is a really beautiful picture of what it means to grow slow. Um, you know, there is a time for everything, a season for every purpose under heaven. And um, there are these different kinds of things that God says that we we will face or that, you know, this world faces. There's a time for love and a time for hate. There's there's great things like dancing and embracing and mending. And then there's really hard things in there like uh, breaking and tearing and not embracing, like refrain from embracing, which we know from the year 2020, we had to refrain from embracing. It was wild. I'm like, oh, wow, I never thought about those verses so literally until this year. And so, I think that most of the time we want to live in the happy better halves of those mm-hmm. of that set of verses. But this is just the way he works. This is the way he rolls, that life is filled with these mountains and valleys and these in-between places, and they are not wasted. They are. I don't think that God goes around trying to break things and make us not hug each other, but I do know that these are the places where he uses to grow us over time and over seasons. And we know it because he wraps all those verses up with this promise that he is making everything beautiful in its time, not in a hurry, not by hustling, but in its time. And that all of these seasons 
make us who we are. And when I went through my own growing slow journey or began that growing slow journey, God really directed me to that set of verses to understand seasons. He also directed me to look out my window and stand Mm -hmm. at the edge of our fields and see it, see how true that was. And so springtime comes and spring is a hopeful season for a farmer. It's like a kid at Christmas. Uh, And Scott plants millions of seeds into the ground. And, um, you know, if I were a corn seed, I'd be freaking out. I'd be like, you know, is everybody else growing? <laughs> How, why am I down here? Why isn't anything happening? And I've never once seen a corn plant freaking out. Mm-hmm. And they grow up and they put down roots and they just simply grow. And, um, you know, maybe somebody listening right now is in a spring season of life and things feel hopeful. You're at the beginning of something new. It's, a, it's an exciting time, a hope-filled time, but it's also a scary time because you're wondering, how, how is this going to go? You know, all I, all I am is a little seed, and I feel like I'm in the dark right now, and I'm just praying for growth. And so, if that's you, a farmer knows how you feel. <laughs> mm-hmm. And then comes summer, and it's like glorious and beautiful. Ah, beautiful summer. And we say here in Iowa that the corn should be knee-high by the 4th of July. And it's always exciting when it's that high and usually quite a bit higher. Um, and it's, it's a wonderful season for a farmer, but also a scary season because we have to depend on God to provide rain and to keep mm-hmm. away flooding. And we have to deal with droughts and we have to um, deal with pests. There's been times where we've wondered what kind of crop is this going to be? This is yeah. not good. And it's, you know, from year to year, Things are very different, and it's taught us a lot about trusting God. And you know, maybe somebody listening right now is in a season, a summer season, and um, you know, things are growing and it's looking good. But you're wondering, how am I going to keep this going? Like, yeah. I, I can't, keep, you know, how am I going to keep this up? And it can feel like, you know, if you don't do the right things, that everything's going to fall apart. So again, a season of both hopefulness, but a little bit of trepidation. Yeah. And then comes fall, which is the season that we're in now. Scott is getting the combine ready and he's um, almost ready to harvest the beans. And then after that, the corn. And um, harvest is a really cool time for anybody, I think, um, to see like that fully ripened thing in your hand or that idea that's come to fruition, or maybe you're selling a business or you're soon going to be an empty nester or retirement. And it feels both happy and sad because you get to celebrate this thing that you've been working toward your whole Mm -hmm. life or for years or seasons and then wondering what's next. So sort of bittersweet. And it reminds me of taking Lydia to college last year. Oh, yeah. (laughs) I mean, that was a season of harvest. And I have this picture that I posted on my social media and we're both just sobbing. Our faces are red. We couldn't even get a good picture because we we had to mark the moment, but we were a mess. And that is what harvest feels like, I think, for a lot of us, because it's it's a joyful thing to be able to send our child off, but also um, like, what's next, Lord? And then finally comes winter, and um, winter is one-fourth of the growing season here in Iowa. So it looks like there's nothing productive going on and it's dreary and icy. But in fact, there are things happening underneath the soil Mm, that are preparing that soil bed for spring. 
And the lesson for us as people in the winter seasons is this. Um, if our cornfield needs one-fourth of a year of just to be still, then maybe we do too. Um, I think that we constantly want to be in motion. We want to be plant, grow, harvest, plant, grow, harvest. Mm -hmm. And it can be a hard word to hear that we just need to sit back and allow winter to do its work in us. And um, so all of those seasons bring us different opportunities for growth, and they bring us different opportunities for how we pray for for ourselves and how we grow uh, in our prayer lives along with Jesus. I love that. I, I mean, even just the the whole book, um, and I don't even know if we've told, said the title of it, but Jennifer's book, it's Growing Slow, and it's um, it's it's sectioned off based on these seasons. And first of all, I know I've already said it, but Jennifer is such a beautiful writer. Like I feel like it's very um, your language, the way you tie things together, like you, I was reading and you just had something that was like, whoa, she tied that together. Like those things I would have not thought could go together and you did. Um, but anyway, the, the book is based on these seasons. And one thing I would love, this episode is going to actually come out in the winter. Um, so I would love to hear, you know, I know we've been talking about the winter a lot just because that, that does feel like the season that we forget good things are happening there. Um, but I'm thinking about the person who, you know, holiday season is starting and this idea of slowing down in the midst, you know, like, I think every year we all tell ourselves like, we're going to slow down. We're going to like enjoy whatever, but we don't, we mm-hmm. add stuff. We, we get way too busy. Do you have any encouragement for that person? Who's like, okay, how, how can I really slow down in this season? Um, and stop pretending, um, stop pretending that I am the person doing that when really I just keep adding stuff. And I really am talking to myself right now because mm-hmm. I literally did that this week. So I'd love to hear on that. Yes. Winter seasons are uh, difficult, I I will acknowledge. I mean, I don't know anybody that says, I sure can't wait for my winter season of the soul. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. (laughs) You know, I think that, and it's hard to be in literal winter too, depending on where you live. Um, You know, it's very, very cold here. Mm -hmm. But winter is perhaps when we need um, celebration the most. I think, you know, weddings are in summer and, and there's graduations and it's those times of winter when we feel kind of closed in um, and quieted and in that quiet place where our hand isn't to the plow, so to speak, uh, we can hear um, what's happening on the inside uh, a lot better. And that can be scary. Yeah. Some, we don't always want that. I know for mm-hmm. me, productivity is a coping mechanism, so I don't have to deal with things that are hurtful. Um, and so if I just keep working, if I just keep adding things, if I just keep pressing forward, then I don't have to deal with all of this junk. Well, the lesson from the land is you got to deal with this junk. And here's why. In winter, um, right, right as winter begins to turn to spring, uh, rocks will emerge in the fields. And we have to go out and pick rock which is funny to say pick rock yeah. because there's a whole bunch of them, but the, it's called picking rock. And the reason we have to pick rock is because if you don't, then it will hurt the equipment come spring. Um, Mother Nature has a way of heaving those rocks forth, and you they weren't there the, the spring before. Um, but that's just the way it happens with the frost-off cycle. The next year, the same thing happens all over again. So a field that has been cleared of rocks will maybe have some more in it 
And you got to keep doing that year after year. And my husband calls it winter healing the land. He said winter heals the land because it unearths these burdens. And I think the same is true of us. We carry around deep within us burdens that are very stone-like and hard and difficult to carry. And um, what would it be like if in winter seasons we let God pick rock? If we let him, uh, you know, these burdens that begin to unearth in the winter, if we would let him pick those up and take them uh, to the foot of the cross and go into our spring seasons um, more alive, uh, not hurting the equipment, Mm -hmm. so to speak, and to be able to be all that God made us to be. But if we are constantly adding things in, if we are constantly feeling that we've got to be productive and that my existence is all about productivity, we will never experience the freedom of what happens when when we let winter do its work in us. So I think it's important. People will say, I can't afford to slow down. And I know because I was one of those people. But what if we can't afford not to? Mm-hmm. The life yeah. that we want, we have an idea of what we, what we want that to be. And everybody listening right now has an idea of what she wants her life to be. And culture's prevailing attitude and statement toward that person is to get the life you want, you have to chase that life down. But I'm mm-hmm. telling you, to get the life you want, you don't chase that life down. You slow that life down. And that is where... <laughs> a lot of beautiful things begin to happen. Yeah. Well, I love that. Um, Okay. So I'm going to switch gears a little bit and ask, was prayer modeled for you uh, like throughout your childhood or early years? I would say no. And I'll feel terrible, mom, if you happen to be listening to this, (laughs) because my mom did did and does so many things right. Um, Mom and dad took me to church every Sunday, and they absolutely served and loved the Lord. But prayer was not a part of Mm -hmm. our, just, I don't know if it was generation, if it was region or what it was. But um, what I remember about prayer is that if somebody was old um, and they were sick, we would pray for them during church. And um, we would pray for safe travels. So prayer, you prayed to God if you were going somewhere and you wanted Him to protect you in your car or your airplane. And if you were going to have a surgery, we're going to pray for that person. But I don't ever remember, Val, ever being told by anybody that um, I should pray about that. Like if I'm struggling with school, oh, well, maybe you, you could pray about that. It didn't occur to me. I think instinctively I sort of knew it. I remember sometimes when I was a teenager opening up my Bible and, you know, crying out to God about different things, but I, I, it wasn't modeled. It just wasn't. Um, so how really, did you learn it then? Yeah. So yeah. I, you know, I, I went to a retreat in my early thirties, um, and before that, had started to read the Bible and listen to AM Christian radio when I was on news mm-hmm. assignments because I was a news reporter. I mean, it's a long story. But anyway, over time, I began to see it modeled by um, other adults. And um, even in my family, like my mom now, when I'm, you know, when I visit them, 
mom prays beautiful prayers and um she's she used to be very intimidated by praying out loud and and she prays beautiful prayers and sometimes she cries which just makes me feel so tender toward her mm-hmm. and which goes to show that look at that like god grows us slowly mom is in her, you know, she started doing that maybe late sixties and seventies, and now she's in her eighties and she prays these beautiful prayers. Like it's never too late to start to do something new in your spiritual life. Yes, and I thank God for my upbringing. And um, was it perfect in every way? No, mom and dad didn't really teach me how to pray. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but they 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 showed me the way to the Lord, and eventually I came to have a, a saving faith that I could call my own. And um, I am able to now model prayer in our mm-hmm. our home. So yeah, it's uh, it's been interesting asking people that question because um, if it if it wasn't modeled as a child, it was modeled at some point, and I think that's just interesting to think about because as we have grown as a culture to have like very individual prayer lives, um, it's it we shouldn't even wonder why we struggle to pray. You know, like I know I've read a lot about the seventies and eighties and these prayer groups and these, you know, like people who met together and it's, um, I just feel like it's, it's so powerful to hear other people pray. And there can be an intimidation that comes with that of hearing, you know, prayer warriors and just feeling like I'm never going to pray like that, but it can also be such a good learning experience and just grow our own prayers. So I think that's so cool that your mom, uh, that that is something that's happening now in her life. Mm -hmm. And just, uh, I just think it's a a cool reminder. Like we, even with that fear of, or just not sure, uh, you know, praying in front of people can be such an awkward thing, but knowing the impact that it has when we do that, like the way that it makes you tender towards her, like those, those prayers are so, um, I don't know. It's just cool to see how God uses those in people's lives in different ways. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. So as somebody who I feel like has grown your prayer life a lot already, I love asking in what ways do you long to keep growing in your prayer life? Because that's the coolest thing about prayer is that it is a journey and we can always keep growing. Yes. Oh, that is such a good question. I think, um, the area where I would like to grow most is in my prayer life with my husband. Now, yeah. we do pray together, um, but a lot of times our prayers in our family are with and around the needs of our children, mm-hmm. and we pray as a family. And it's not going to be long here before we're <laughs> empty nesters. And yeah. it's just, it's occurred to me recently that I want and I long for um, prayer and study together with my husband. And I don't know what that looks like, Val, mm-hmm. yeah. um, but it would be an area that I want to grow in more and that I'm excited about what that could look like. Yeah, that's awesome. I haven't heard that one yet, but I think like that, you know, I'm I'm just thinking about me and Tyler, like often our prayers revolve around just the heaviness of what we're feeling personally as a family. So yeah, like to, to think about that growing and uh, I think of just like the fact, the way that we are a team, 
that the Lord can use out in the world. I just think that's a really cool picture, especially as you guys, like you said, as you become empty nesters, um, you guys are just a force, you know, a force for the Lord to use together. Um, well, Jennifer, this has just been such a sweet conversation and, um, I would love just for you to tell people where you can, where they can find you. And I would definitely recommend her book guys growing slow. Also it's all under control was very life changing for me, but yes, Jennifer, tell them, tell them where to find all the things. I'm Jennifer Dukes Lee everywhere, <laughs> um, even on TikTok, but I don't know if you really want to follow me on TikTok, but I am honestly there. I'm on TikTok, um, but Instagram, Facebook, and my, my uh, website is Jennifer Dukes Lee. I love encouraging women online. Mm-hmm. I am very active in my DMs. I love hearing what's going on in your heart. So please, you know, if you're listening and you want to reach out, you have something that feels slow in your life, I'd love to pray for you. Oh, I love that, Jennifer. Um, okay, well, would you pray for us? Uh, Absolutely. Pray for our audience, yeah. Dear Lord, thank you so much for this awesome time together with Val and for people who are listening that um, I don't even know their voices or their faces, but I know they're there. And that's so exciting the way that you use technology to tie us together. Lord, enliven our prayer lives. Help us to see you um, with us in all things, um, whether that's when we're, when we're penning prayers to you in our journal or we're laying in our beds at three o'clock in the morning, wide awake, or we're walking the country roads around our home and seeing what a beautiful world you've made. Just keep us attuned to your presence. Remind us that you are with us and, and help us to give grace to ourselves when it feels like we're not growing as quickly as we would like, even in areas of, areas of spirituality. For whatever reason, you decided to grow us slowly. For whatever reason, you decide that it's good to be patient with us. And we thank you that you have been patient with us. Allow us to um, also be patient with ourselves and to wait on you, Lord, knowing that your timing is the best. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thanks so much, Jennifer. Thank you.